0: What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And y'all, and I mean, another dope guest for you this week. Really excited to have Katrina on. But before we dive into that conversation, there are just a few logistical things as always that i want to remind you of and three ways to support the show number one like subscribe share and leave a review it really helps folks discover the show number two follow our rtwd at rtwd podcast on ig and then finally by financially supporting the show that is a, a great way to support us and i want to say something y'all i no longer edit my podcast and that's because of the support that y'all have lent me and there's two ways to do that and there is the po- Patreon page and then there is the coffee page as well both of those links are in the show notes there's a monthly way to support and then there's just a one time donation way to support that's the only difference between the two amazing all right enough of me talking now i want to get on to my guest this week i am joined by Katrina Stroll Katrina's pronouns are they she he Katrina is black samoan queer they serve others through their work and psychological safety as a psychological safety consultant, mental health advocate, and boundary strategy for people who share their identities or their lived experiences. Katrina's work also includes their podcast, Absolutely Not, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, the weekly live podcast dedicated to providing examples of setting personal boundaries at work and the vocabulary needed to name harm in those spaces. When I ask Katrina, what do you want the real fam to get out of our conversation? They wanted y'all to walk away knowing that you deserve relationships built on trust, safety, and respect. Mm-mm-mm. And we spend some time talking about how to build these kinds of relationships, the importance of psychological safety, as well as the lie of professionalism. Ooh, that's a word. And without further ado, sit back, relax, or do the dishes, or drive, or whatever you're doing, here is Katrina. Katrina, hello. Welcome to RTWD. How you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm excited. That. That is an amazing intro. I am learning, living and learning <laughs> in this space already.
0: Oh my gosh. No, I uh I told you before we I hit record, I just turned into a different person. So I try and capture that energy. And I mean, your bio gave me a lot to work with. So I always love to, you know, add a little, add a little spice to it. So it's a little bit more engaging and, and really roll out the red carpet for my guests. So I really appreciate you coming through and being willing to share with us. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on.
1: Oh, that really means a lot, and the red carpet, man, is red. I appreciate the space.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, I, again, I read your bio. Also, follow you on LinkedIn. Your podcast. You're doing amazing, amazing work. But I would love if, I mean, if you would like to to give the open up the space for you to to share with the real fam yourself about you know who you are, the work that you do, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. I'm- So I don't think there's more to add. I do want to say that with the word queer, there's like huge parentheses next to it. And I am Mm. gender fluid, gender queer. And my pronouns roll, which is why they're Mm. they, she, he, because I am fluid and boundaried in all spaces. But I think that's it. I really want to get into the relationships that I'm hoping everyone's able to build after this conversation. So let's get Mm. into it.
0: I love it. I love it. So, and I appreciate that breakdown too, because I feel like there's people don't know. Uh, amazing. So, well, let's start here and kind of like build on some things and and with the, the relationship piece and stuff like that. So what kind of like got you into this work about creating sale, sale, safe boundaries, being a boundary strategist, psychological safety consultant? How do you like even dive into that that work? Because it's much needed. And I just, you're one of the only people I see doing it out here.
1: Thank you so much. So I began this journey because in 2018, I decided to take my own life after internalizing Mm. the behavior of an unsafe workplace. After I got through my process and became a business owner, started my own business in consulting, I just affirmed within myself and validated my own beliefs that no one should ever have to fucking go through that. Mm. And so I continue this work because not a lot of people are doing this work, as you stated.
0: Yeah, no. Thank you so much for sharing that. And all right, let's just like talk about the that just like three pronged process you've even laid out for us about building, you know, that trust, safety, and respect, which are like some some principles and values that I have as far as like any relationship that I have. Why are those three things so important to building a relationship? Safety, trust, and respect.
1: Oh wow, that's like a whole dissertation, but. <laughs> <laughs> But trust, because if I'm unable to trust you, then I won't be able to feel safe around you. And then Mm. safety, because if I don't feel safe around you, then I probably won't respect you or the decisions you make. And then respect, Mm. because with respect comes trust. So they're all kind of in the same realm and they're all needed in order to be a whole Person in the healthy relationship that you're in. I could go further into it, but like I said, it will take longer than the time we have today.
0: Yeah, no, I I get that, and I love how like trust begets safety, safety begets you know respect, respect begets trust, and it's like that circle. And sometimes I, I don't know, I, I there's some parts that like kind of get left out in some in different you know in different aspects of the relationship, which is which is which is odd to me. Like I forget that. I might respect you, but I don't necessarily know if I, if I, if I trust everybody, sometimes when I was in the workplace, I'd be like, I, I'm gonna respect you. But like, I don't know if I feel necessarily safe around you or trust you. So I'm yeah. (laughs) So I don't know necessarily if those are really good relationships. So how does someone like know when they feel safe in a relationship? Mm. specifically in a working relationship.
1: So what I want people to understand is that every single individual has that for themselves. They can only decide Mm. that for themselves. And kind of like how you said, like there are people in positions that you're like, oh, I respect you. But it's kind of a forced respect because they are in a Mm -hmm. hierarchy or a position of power over you. You're like, oh, sure, I respect you. But is that real shit respect? Like really, really Mm -hmm. respect? Or is it because you are my manager and you... Could definitely have a hand in taking my salary away, my um, source of income away. Like so, understanding that and the position of power that people are in is how you're going to be able to feel safe in spaces and being extremely honest with yourself and the people you're in relationship with.
0: Mm. Oh gosh, okay. <laughs> so I want to chase this real quick <laughs> because that uh, you, you you said a really good point about being like extremely honest with yourself, and I think. Just even speaking personally, it, it took me a, a, a little a while to like get to that point because like for me, just like placating to whiteness and like kind of like having some level of proximity to whiteness for my own self and thinking that was going to give me some level of security, some level of power to power, some level of authority. Which in reality, when I became no longer useful to those systems or anything like that, or, or became you know brutally honest about like what I wanted, how I wanted to get those things, who I was even working with. Yeah, like stuff stopped clicking for me as far as like me having access and opportunity and different things like that. So I think depending on where you're at, there is some level of risk with that. Would you say that? Or or, or, I don't know. That's just that was just my experience just being in the spaces that I was in when I started being a little bit more honest about what I about me and who I am. (laughs)
1: And I think the question is, is there risk in being extremely honest with yourself in spaces that you had not previously been honest with yourself in? And my answer to that is there's always fucking risk. There's risk in anything that we do. This next breath is a risk. Me being on the show is a risk. And it's extremely important for you to be extremely honest with yourself in what's worth the risk in your life. So your values, are they aligning with the risk that you're taking in any space then that you are in. So you kind Mm. of clicking in those spaces and saying like, oh shit, all of this has been a lie. Even if Mm. I code switch, even if I don't wear my natural hairstyle, even if I wear a three-piece suit, y'all will still treat me the same. And the lies that you are pushing onto me that says differently, I'm not I'm not internalizing them anymore. I refuse.
0: Mm. Mm. And I think that goes back to a lot of where Historically, marginalized communities are being in workplaces where they aren't safe. And it actually has taken a while for them to even realize well, I'm not going to speak for anybody. I'm going to speak for myself. It took me a long time to realize the spaces that I was in were actually not safe for me because as soon as I started being more honest about what was going on for me or how I was experiencing things or like spoke up in a meeting and started to disagree. I recognized immediately like, oh, something feels off. And I wouldn't say initially I wouldn't have said that it was unsafe, but like by the time I left those situations, I was like, that was probably one of the most toxic places I've ever been. (laughs) And I was there for five, you know, five years and invested, you know, 10 plus years of my life with, I'm speaking of a particular place, an institution, my undergrad and a little bit of my master's degree about, about where I attended school, about like how toxic those places were and how, Unsafe, incredibly unsafe. Those places were, yeah. Just a realization after you said that. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Appreciate you sharing that. Gosh. So, what can folks? What can folks do at that point? You know, once they recognize, you know, a place is unsafe, or like to some extent, they haven't been truly honest with themselves Mm -hmm. about the level of respect that they want or need in those working relationships. Like, what? What is some? What would you say if you're working with somebody or coaching somebody? What would be the first thing that you would tell them? Like, yo. This is what you need to do.
1: Mm -hmm. So you talked about that tingly feeling you get when you first start kind of bringing more of yourself into spaces and trying to see like whether the water is safe or not. And then finding out, oh, shit, this water is shark infested. Like it was never safe to begin with. Somebody should have put a sign up. And Mm -hmm. so the first step when you get that tingle is to write it down, is to say today Mm -hmm. on June 20, whatever, whatever date it is. (laughs) I got a tingle when Bob interrupted me in the meeting and said, oh, yeah, we'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. The next week, say, "Okay." Bob never got back to me on that. Just continue to write it down and validate your emotions in those spaces. Your emotions are valid in any space that you're in. But specifically, the the amygdala is where we get that fight, flight and fawn response. So it's going to keep you safe in spaces even when you don't want to be safe. Even when you're like, nah, play that off. Like, I'm trying to make money here. I'm trying to be good here. It's still going to fire those same escape plans. So you need to listen to it. An overactive amygdala can lead to severe depression, anxiety, and ultimately loss of life to suicide. So if you're not paying Mm -hmm. attention to it, you can lose your life. So, But the first step is when you get that first tingle, to write it down.
0: I love that. I love the idea of like writing it down because I think there's, I'm not going to overgeneralize. I'm going to speak for myself. I remember oftentimes like I would just ignore those feelings, right? I would ignore those feelings. And as you said, you know, there's an increase in stress. You like internalize those things. And then ultimately like there is a, and I remember saying these words to my mom, like I like there. there's parts of me that are like withering away. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember leaving that job, not, not feeling competent, Yeah. Just feeling like, yo, like, I don't know what I have to to offer. And obviously all of those were a lie and and not true. But like when you like internalize those things and you hear them all the time and not even just like verbal communication, but the nonverbal piece, it really does something to you. So yeah, all of that is all that resonates for real. And some of the people that I'm even working with, Trying to communicate that that piece to them, I think I might have to, <laughs> I might have to borrow that piece there and pass that on to to my clients, uh, Katrina. Because the writing down, like capturing that thing, reminding yourself that like that is real, that happened. It wasn't just a moment in time. Like this keeps happening, and like th- there's something to that 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 feeling. Mm-hmm. What have you seen? Have you seen like with even the clients that you work with or the people that you talk to after they started to write those things down? What is some of the things that they've like? recognized in the spaces that they were in once they started writing those pieces down.
1: Mm. They started reviewing the data that they have written down. So Mm. we need this data to be able to move forward with processes or new policies in our own lives, in our own personal endeavors, and in our own relationships. So if you are in a relationship that, like some of the adjectives that you talked about of not feeling competent anymore, not feeling confident does that align with your view of what a healthy relationship looks like? We already talked about what healthy relationships look like. Health. I mean, safety, trust and respect. And those don't align at all. So when people started to write it down, they started saying, oh, these are fucking patterns. Like this person yeah. is consistent with this behavior. And my yep. ability to be in this space is becoming less than like I cannot mm-hmm. continue to be a victim to this behavior. And then you can start taking the responsibility off yourself and placing more accountability on the person exhibiting that behavior.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So what you said, Katrina, was like, it seems like it's so it feels like duh, but like I'm just like imagining how many people, even mm-hmm. myself, like stayed in bad mm-hmm. positions or stayed in bad situations, work work situations friendships, relationships, whatever have different forms of relationships, and just like didn't collect this data and just felt like it was the, like it was moments in time. But once you start putting the pieces together and like asking yourself the question, and I love that you said, ask yourself, does this align with your values? And like d- do these data points with all the bullshit that they're doing over here, do they align with what you really want um, for yourself, what really aligns with who you are? And if it doesn't, then you need to do anything you can to secure your peace your safety and all those different things, which again, it sounds, (laughs) y'all, duh, but But how many people are, you know, are still in the, in the situations that they're in that have not done this work yet (laughs) or, or haven't just like stepped out. And I'm not like, you know, coming down on those folks or like wanting to think of those folks as like. Do this because everybody has their own timeline and journey and everything like that. They need to process those things. But like, oh my gosh, that just like rocked me a little bit. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. So once you recognize that piece, right? You Say you've taken these data points. You, You see that you ain't with the shits no more. You need to like fix this. This needs to change. What is the... Because like I said, like some people are still like piecing these things together. I know it took me, you know, five years, almost 10 years to figure that piece out for myself. How do you like make those next steps? Mm -hmm. Because I would recognize for me, if it doesn't align with my values, then it's coming up with that exit strategy, right? But I think it it really does start internally. How do you, what would you say to somebody who is like, all right, I know the situation is messed up, but like, I need that paycheck. I know the situation Mm -hmm. is messed up, but like, There are some, I can do some good here. Like I can make change here. What would you say to those folks?
1: So, there's a baby step before, like, oh shit, I'm gonna get out of here. Like, this is trash. I (laughs) I need to leave. The baby step before that is the conversation. You have to have the conversation before you decide, oh, this person is trash. Like, this person Mm. is not healthy at all to be in a relationship with. So, once you have that conversation, then I promise you, I promise you, once you bring up those data points and you talk to that person, you will be able to see whether or not you can continue to be in a relationship mm. with that person because they're either mm. going to flip the fuck out yeah, or yeah. they're going to be like, Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Like I had, let's talk about it. Like how can we move forward with this and how, so you're going to get more data than you've ever wanted to receive from that one simple conversation. And then for mm. the people who are like, well, I need money, like the recession and all that, everything that's going on right now, like yes, is high. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's too high. The, the <laughs> gas second big step, high. if you're not ready to fly yet, is to set really good boundaries. And I know somebody can, who can help you with that. I really do know somebody. But once you start setting those boundaries, you'll be able to disconnect from the relationship that you thought was there. Like if you thought you had a really good manager, then you write out these data points, and you're like, "Wow, you are super duper trash." Then you start mm-hmm. setting those boundaries and you can start being like, okay, I will now sit in a role here and just collect this paycheck. Like I will only mm. do what I can do here because I know that's all that I can do here.
0: Mm. I like that too. And I and I've uh I've talked to folks, and I even did this for myself before. It's like I had a career, I was looking at this job as a career, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this thing. Mm-hmm. And once I had that conversation, I'm like, am I going to be be able to do this, this, and this? And they're like, no, you're going to be able to do this. And it was not even close to what I wanted to do, right? I'm like, okay, all right. I will get here at eight. Mm-hmm. I will leave at five. No more extra work. I ain't going to pack my schedule anymore. I'm going to fill these roles. I'm going to you know, review these resumes. I'm going to do the bare minimum, collect my check. I'm going to leave. Y'all don't get any extra energy from me Instead set in. I'm just now realizing like that was a boundary setting. Like I set my boundary of what I'm going to do. And this, this is a job. This is literally for me to get my paycheck. Mm-hmm. I'm here. So I don't get fined. Kind of like that, that mindset. I, I love that. Like even those things can like really set, set the boundary.
1: Mm-hmm. And I you know can, for some, oh, sorry.
0: no, and please go ahead. And
1: that you define so many relationships. You said, Two words like job or career. So once you realize that it was it's a job instead of a career, you better stop cooking. You better stop folding clothes because we're not married. We're not getting married. I realized mm-hmm. that about this relationship. We are not <laughs> getting married. We are here mm-hmm. for for the for the smacky packy. And then I I pack yeah. up and I leave. So I need to start treating you as such for the people who are visual learners and need an analogy or metaphor. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> these are relationships that you get to define. If it's a job, it's a job. If this is your career path, this is a career path. If this is a fucking stepping stone, you better treat it mm. as such.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think sometimes, especially when you're just starting out, not to not too sure, just trying to figure it out, it's like like I had a conversation with my younger brother the other day. He was he's like, you know, yeah, I'm trying to get an internship and hoping it's going to be paid and all this other stuff. And I'm like, "Listen, you need to set your number. It doesn't matter like set your number like I said, you have these things to offer. You have time, you have energy, you have a younger perspective. When I said there have been interns that have de- developed million dollar ideas for these big companies. So like collect your check, you know what I'm saying? And if they say no, it's not if they really want you, it's not going to be a n- no when they slam the door in your face. Some will do that. But like but like if they really want you at that company, you say, this is the number I want, they're probably going to say, no, we can't do that, but we can you do this number? Mm-hmm. It, that's more like what the, the conversation is going to be. But like that mindset of like, I don't know if I could ask for that thing because I don't have this. I don't have that. You mm-hmm. setting your boundaries, does that really necessarily mean <laughs> that you have to have something to offer more than like, you know, that job description? Like you have the job, you have the role. Why would you give any more than that? necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think when I was younger, I think I confused a paycheck and them giving me like money to like live and survive as a means to like control everything and all the things that I I did mm-hmm. instead of just like it being a transactional thing. I mean, this is not my career. Like I actually can leave just as much as you can tell me to to leave in this situation and having my, just having it a little different and, and, and uh, backwards because that company was, I mean, they they did they literally did they said we don't have a position for you anymore even though I quit they said we don't have a position for you anymore so i was going to get fired anyways <laughs> so it, sorry a lot there but yeah sometimes you just got to you got to set those boundaries and, and know what's going to be happening going on for you before mm-hmm. before anything goes down <laughs> um <laughs> so which Honestly, Katrina leads me to, like, this idea of, like, professionalism, right? And and for me, like, I know professionalism bullshit. Like, once I became, like, really honest about that, what that means, it, like, literally changed my life. Tell me your stance on professionalism. Why is it a lie? What's going on with the going on with professionalism?
1: So I'll I'll first start with white supremacy. I'll I'll just drop (laughs) that in the conversation. For anyone who's unfamiliar with the characteristics of white supremacy, please look them up and see that they align perfectly with the definition of professionalism. Like Mm. it is. But also because I remember going to like career coaches when I had just transitioned out of the military and they were helping me prepare to like seem more professional. And the idea that People who look like me or share my identities or my lived experience have to change their entire being in order Mm. to gain employment. Like that's the idea behind it, to become professional. Mm. You'd have to be a whole different person. And that person is a cisgendered white male who Mm -hmm. may be middle middle aged, which I could never be to begin with. So (laughs) I have dropped the idea of professionalism because it's just a standard Steeped in white supremacy, that I could never be able to meet, and that doesn't make me feel whole at all.
0: Mm, mm. That's so true. Because, like, I I, going back to my own personal experience again. It's just I strive so hard and work so hard to like be whatever it is I thought that that person idea was. But like you said, I'm never going to be a white dude. Like I'm I'm cis het, but I'm never going to be like that that white dude. And like, that was always like that missing, that missing piece. And yeah, that again, that proximity to whiteness, that proximity to power and authority. I I thought that it was going to give me something, but it literally gives you nothing. Like, what is this song? I created, I I sang a little jingle. What was it? I think it was like proximity to whiteness doesn't give you a pass proximity to whiteness only bites you in the ass. Yeah, that was the jingle. Yeah, so I I made that that like little jingle is just it really doesn't work for folks and it's really aggravating. Yeah, this idea of like professionalism. What is like well that doesn't look professional. Like you don't look professional. What does that even mean, really? Like honestly, what does that even mean?
1: Mm-hmm. And the thing is to the people who may like this may come as a shock that y'all have been holding y'all are still holding on to professionalism as like the standard for yourself in your life. There's going to become a time come a time in any organization, I promise you, where professionalism won't be able to save you. Your level of education won't be able to save you. Your um, respectability politics will not be able to save you at some point you are going, like, the your true self is going to slip up. You're going to forget the code switch. You're going to be like, hey, that was racist and shit. Like, why did you say that? In the conversation? Like, or you're going to, yep. like, yeah, like, something about you is going to come out and they're going to be like, oh, shit, you're not white? Like, you haven't been white this whole time? And then they will exclude you because of that.
0: And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And I think when I just could not like take it anymore and I was just like being brutally honest. Cause I'm like, th- like, there ain't no way y'all just don't recognize or see any of this, uh, any of this, like, are you for real? Like, this is bullshit. Like this is bullshit. And so I'm having conversations with folks and like, they'll be angry, but they're angry about something completely different. And I'm like, that was racist. Like what just happened was racist. <laughs> that that's, I, and they're angry about like, you know, the person seemed rude or the way they said it. I'm like, no, we you're angry about the wrong thing, bro. And I and I would call them out. I'd be like, and they would get on defensive. And they're like, no, like that's not how I meant it. Gaslight me. I'm like, gee, that's not what we're doing here. Like that's not what we're doing. But then all of a sudden, like like you said, just like isolated, boxed out, iced out, no opportunities, not speaking anymore. All these different things. It's just like, it's I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. I'm gonna collect this check. I'm gonna have you pay for half of my grad degree and I'm a piece, I'm, I'm a piece of fuck out. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, uh,
0: yeah. It's just, it's all too real. It's really, really all too real. Um, it doesn't matter how well you play the game. Eventually it's going to catch up to you.
1: Which is why I, I consistently encourage people to begin their relationships with trust safety and respect but you can only do that if you're showing up in full honesty with yourself. So if I painted the mask on real tight and wore three-piece suits to interviews and shit, of course sooner or later I'm going to feel unsafe because I didn't start that relationship with trust. I didn't start it with safety mm. as a priority. I didn't start it with respect as a priority.
0: Mm. And it's there's a difference between if like that's really who you are of like okay. yo that's a part of like your your identity, if you want to, if you love dressing up in three-piece suits and all that stuff, like more power to you. I appreciate you, all of that. But you're exactly right. Like if you're already showing up as somebody else or pretending to show up as somebody that you believe that they want you to be, how can you honestly expect to be whole in that position, whole in that relationship when you're not really showing up? At, as as you, you're not going to receive that because they're respecting or, or trusting or, I'm put respecting in quotes. I'm gonna put trust in quotes, and there and I put safety in quotes. Like all that's built for this imaginary person that that front that you're putting out for them, it's not it's not real. It's not real.
1: Mm-hmm. And for anyone who needs time to like sip that in, it's not real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I. Th- On a more personal note, I think, and maybe some folks are wrestling with this too. I know that I did. It took me a long time to like, I guess, recover from it. Not recover in the sense of that, like, hmm, not recover in the sense that I, I guess, I guess when I, when I, when I was finally honest with myself and like left those spaces and then like the dust settled, I think I felt more, dang, I can't believe I did that for so long. You know, I I can't believe like I was like okay with that or I let that behavior slide or I did that or I did that. And honestly, you kind of like instead of it, you know, being something that happened to you, you, you almost you almost take ownership of that harm and be like, oh, that like I did that to some respects. I did that to myself. I'm curious if you have any like tips or like what would you say to that person that has gone through that is, that is at that place now mm-hmm. that has left separated themselves, but are in, like I guess, the healing slash recovery stage.
1: This is why it's so important to write this shit down. And if you need help Mm. processing the information or the data that you're receiving, to reach out for help. I know an amazing therapist. I know amazing peer counselors or peer support groups. And to understand the words associated with the emotions you're feeling. A lot of those experiences are indeed traumatic. And so you will need care in that form to get over the trauma that you experience in those spaces. And so acknowledging that is how you're going to be able to take the blame off of yourself and place more accountability on them. And also, I just want to remind y'all, fuck them like they yeah. they did not prioritize you in any space. like in case you forgot you are amazing you deserve healthy relationships and just because they weren't willing to give it to you doesn't mean that you cannot find them elsewhere
0: mm. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> uh, yeah that's good I don't have anything else to add on that fuck them. All right. Anyway, so (laughs) Katrina, you've been awesome. And thank you so much for, you know, showing up, sharing with us, with The Real fam, everything that you have to offer. I I think all the tips, your knowledge and wisdom in this space has been, is like crucial. And I think, yeah, folks folks need this. Like I think when we think about like a boundaries strategist or psychological safety consultant, like I, I think that those are things that are often overlooked. But when you look at like psychology when you look at you know even when when folks the necessity for folks to feel like they belong like it starts bare bare minimum as a psychological safety for those things so I so appreciate the work that you do and honor the work that you do so thank you so much for for doing what you do how can folks get connected with you learn more about what you're doing keep up with with everything Katrina Stroll
1: So I have a website. It's www.katrinastroll.com, but I'm also super duper active on LinkedIn. So please follow me there. You can follow me on Instagram too, but I do shake my ass there. So if you don't want to do that, (laughs) don't follow me there.
0: (laughs) I love that. All right. So um, I'm going to plug all those things in the show notes for you, but thanks again for coming through. Thank you. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas. Additional production helped by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas with music by the oh so talented Mr. Tony Deras. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace.